For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Chokum. Frenchie is here. We are going to recap the open real world, maybe talk for just a couple minutes about Watkins Glen for IMSA this weekend because the, the two of us plus Sarah will be up there as of Friday evening. So yeah, let's start with trivia though. This one finally isn't submitted by the caveman Cody, so we will... I don't know. Do we name trivia people or do we stay? You you know who this is if you've seen the Twitter chat today for the group. It's oh, I... our it's our Airbnb host Daniel. Oh, cool. All right. Okay. What was the first car with a turbocharger to win a race? This is F one. Sorry, I should have made that clear. And he lists three or four characteristics. What year? What car? what race, and what driver. If you so, can get any of those. I'm almost positive that it was the Renault RS10. Yep. Which was the yellow teapot car, basically because it would constantly go up in smoke when it didn't <laughs> win. Which was, it was rare. I think it only won like a race or two. Let me think about that. That would have been 1979. Yeah. Who was driving that? Let me think about that for a second. Oh, Jean-Pierre Jabouille. And it was the yep. French Grand Prix because that was like a huge deal for Renault. Yep, you you nailed that one far too quickly. Like far too quickly. That's right in my wheelhouse era <laughs> of the stuff that I study closely. That's, yep, that's, that's fair. All right, well... Did you have a nice Father's Day weekend with did you celebrate with your dad or were you already at the beach with Michelle's family? So I was already at the beach with Michelle's family, but my parents are watching little Cooper. So yeah. I saw them to drop him off yeah. and gave my dad his Father's Day presence then. OK, nice. Well, let's dive into it. I don't have anything interesting no no crazy dating stories. Well, I'm sure we could always come up with a crazy dating story for for everybody to enter to get entertained with. But let's let's get done F1 first. We'll do predictions. I honestly I I have not seen the full race at this point in the week. And I don't know if I care to. I mean, I saw, you know, like you and I texted on Sunday. I saw the last 10 laps. That was pretty much no, enough to see that yet again, Max Verstappen has led 224 straight laps or something ridiculous. So 
Actually, before we get there, I have one like F1 thing. And I don't know if this is what your news wise, what you're going to bring up, but Atlantic City, is that your news thing? No, I, I wasn't sure if that was legitimate it's, enough to bring up or not. It's not newsworthy, but like reading the Facebook comments made me laugh. So for everybody wondering, Atlantic City okayed the use of turning a defunct local airport into they're going to build condos around a racetrack, similar to Thermal Club for IndyCar, like that sort of vibe. There's also New Jersey Motorsports Park, not too far from Atlantic City either, So, which has condos and expensive owners and fancy cars and whatnot. And so that's the vibe they're going for if you read the article. But the headline of the article says, Atlantic City is building a Formula One track. So the comments are, why would Formula One go to Atlantic City? Honestly, why would IndyCar go to Atlantic City? So, you know, and and I've had a bunch of friends that are like maybe not big racing fans, but watch F1 because of Drive to Survive or whatever and have texted me about it today. I don't think it's seriously under F1 consideration because it's, I mean, it's Atlantic City. So like, let's just not worry about that one until we see F1 has interest in Atlantic City. Although I could see that being the closest they would get to New York. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but. But yeah, it's Atlantic City. That's I've never been there, but everything I've ever heard about it has been negative. Yeah, I mean, I've been there plenty and I'm sure, you know, one day I'll I'll go to a casino there again. But it's it's like Vegas, but even more disgusting. Like, true, like, the city itself is just decrepit. So, have you been to Niagara Falls? I have not. Okay, so I picture it as being that on steroids, because Niagara Falls also has a lot of casinos and just kind of really touristy, and that's that's what I picture Atlantic City to be like for some reason. Yeah, but, like, if you go off of the boardwalk at Atlantic City, like, it's very unsafe. A lot of rundown houses, a lot of things that come with a city that is you know very dark at night and very, urban not decay very dark and, urban decay that's i was trying to think of uh one of those like criminological words that 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 you would know but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of a lot of crime a lot of bad things going on there and just doesn't seem like a formula one i mean listen they go to jetta so like i guess you know atlantic city is better than jetta so you know, there's there's not bomb strikes in Atlantic City. Not True. yet. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a place where there is enough glamour for F1 people sure. to stay there, right? Like Miami sure. has some really nice hotels. Vegas is the same. Austin, I also have kind of wondered, like, where do they stay? But Atlantic City, I just can't see the F1 paddock and the Europeans mixing with that part of New Jersey. Yeah. I just, from reading the article and like the people interviewed, I don't get the vibe that they're going for formula one track. They're going for expensive racing facility for rich people with cars, but yeah, but that article got clicks because of it. Everyone probably, Oh, for sure. Jaw dropped when they saw that for sure. Okay. So what were our formula one predictions for this weekend? I think mine were bad. Um, no, actually not terrible. So I'm going to pull up the results because I have watched the race, but 
as we talked about, I was watching IndyCar and I didn't even start the F1 race while I was in the middle of IndyCar. I waited until that was done because I wanted to just focus on one or the other. Um, but we had Lance Stroll for me doing well this weekend. And he finished ninth, mm. which not awful, but not really impressive when your teammate finished second again. Yep. You had Leclerc, and you said he was going to be on the podium specifically. He was not, but he finished fourth right off the podium, so we'll give you that one. Yeah, all right. Sergio P2. I said no because I have extreme doubts in Sergio Perez at this point, which are some of the news items we're going to talk about. You said yes. He finished in sixth place. Um, yep. And then bad weekend, I believe... You had George Russell, and he had a terrible weekend. Yes. And I had Nick DeVries, who also had a terrible weekend. Yes. So, you know, we're it's getting pretty predictable, it seems like. <laughs> Is this the most predictable F1 year, like, from not just, like, who's winning, but also who's not doing well? Like, it's, for the most part, relatively easy to figure out an entire weekend outside of, oh, it rained, so... You know, Alex Albon qualifies P, you know, four, wherever he, you know, qualifies. And finished seventh. But, yeah. Right. But for the most part, it's super predictable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, it, It's probably been one of the more predictable seasons while I've been alive. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I can remember. That wasn't a Schumacher dominant season. <laughs> right. But even then, there was like a little bit of intrigue you know he wasn't leading 224 laps in a row like i don't i don't think he like i know there there's i think the only driver ahead of verstappen at this point was alberto ascari who had 351 if i remember correctly and that was you know 19 like 52 or 53 Yeah. yeah it was just a very different time you know you can't really make a comparison so you could say Verstappen has the modern day record at least he did with this win tie Ayrton Senna in all-time wins and it was crazy because I was with my future brother-in-law watching the end of the F1 race and he's yeah. starting to get into F1 yeah yeah we and talked about it he was saying like we saw those stats and he was like how old was Senna when he died and I was like 34 he was like wow really I thought he was younger and then we were like, how old is Max Verstappen? 25. And he has the same number of wins. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a lot more races in a season and the reliability is totally different. Yeah. But uh, he's going to go down as one of the best of all time. I think put him in any car. And just like Lewis Hamilton, he's going to be up at the front. We got to give him some credit. For sure. You know, different style of racing, but, you know, definitely up there in terms of you know, the Mount Rushmore of, of F1 drivers. But he he said something that was like, yeah, winning championships is nice. Oh, yeah, I saw this. I forget the exact quote. You know, winning it championships won't keep me is here nice. Something. Right, it, thank you. It won't keep me here. So everybody's like, oh, what is he going to do? Listen, at the end of the day, money talks. And, you know, he might look at WEC or he might look at e-scooter or something and go, you know, hey, that's cool, but... Yeah, F1 gives me 
$51 million and I can just drive around. So I think at the end of the day, he's probably not going anywhere. Maybe until he's, you know, mid thirties and he wants to do, you know, Lamar or something like that yeah. on a weekend, but he's going to do Lamar. I'm sure of it. Like I think for, so how many wins is Verstappen at now? 50, 50? 41 is, is the same 41. as seven. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was thinking 1951 with Ascari and like that number stuck in my head. That's okay. But, I think Alan Prost has 51 wins. Yeah, yeah. And he's like uh, up next on the, I want to say the list. So theoretically, he could get there this year. And honestly, probably will get there this year. If he's not there by next year, I'd probably be surprised. Yes. So Ham- Hamilton has the wins record at what, 101? I'm looking. I th- it's, think it's just over 100. It's like 103, I want to say. But let me. Okay. Yeah, it's 103. And then Schumacher's at 91. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, no, I was right. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, then Vettel has 53. Frost has 51. Okay. So, and then, yeah. So probably at the worst, by next this time next year, he'll have passed Vettel. Yeah, that I don't think that's yeah. a that's twelve more races he has to win. I could see him leaving F one on at least a part time basis. Once, like I don't think until like before he beats Lewis's record for wins, he's not leaving F one at all. Maybe I could see him leaving when he's thirty, just okay. deciding like after five years, you know, in whatever year that is. I guess he was born in ninety seven, so twenty twenty seven. It would be, which would give him another four or five years, whatever, and then going to do WEC or something else. But I could also see him staying. It could go either way, but I don't know why we're necessarily speculating because he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He doesn't even make that hint. I mean, he said it's not going to keep me here, but again... He's going to have to do a lot more winning. This guy is amazingly competitive. He's going to need to do a lot more winning before it gets old for him. Yeah, I think it's fun to speculate because there's really not much else to speculate about in F1. Oh, so, yeah, there is. Trust me, I have some stuff. I mean, like, you know, long-term things. I don't mean your know, drivers uh, coming in and out. Just like kind of looking at the future. It's like, yeah, you know, Max is going to win probably 18 races this year and he's going to win... 19 next year and he's probably going to win like 20 the year after that like it's always going to be that high teens number obviously maybe in 26 when the car changes and the formula changes for the engine you might see something different but you know by then f1 will have 42 races and he'll win 20 anyway okay continue two races a season oh my gosh i think we would probably stop covering it at that point yes 100 percent. i couldn't do that but 100%. There's some fun stuff in the news. Not that much, but what I do have is fun. I sent you this. Um Daniel Ricardo has essentially said obviously that the ideal end to his F1 career would be with Red Bull, but during the Canadian Grand Prix, which he did that alternate broadcast that we should probably mention a little bit. Um the fairy tale ending would be to finish his career at Red Bull if he could have it all his own way. But Basically, the idea is he is willing to come back, I think, with Alpha Tauri if it means getting back to Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, 
That's fair. It would be kind of sad to see him at Alpha Tower because they're such garbage the last two years. But yeah, okay. I'm not against it by any means. If I were a Red Bull, I don't know, whatever it's called. If I was on in the leadership at Red Bull, that's what I would do. I would make sure that he can drive this car because, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that he sucked in the McLaren and something was fundamentally wrong. So I don't want to risk putting him in a Red Bull next to Max Verstappen and having somebody who's less consistently able to challenge than Sergio Perez. And I would need to see him prove himself in an Alpha Tower, which is sad to say and probably controversial <laughs> because it's Daniel Ricciardo and everyone seems to love him. But, you know, I think if you're realistic, that's how cutthroat this sport is and how competitive it is. Yeah. That's I, I mean, I don't disagree by any means. Your your point is is accurate. But real quick, on the Ricardo Will Arnett broadcast thing, which I have now rewatched maybe fifteen minutes of uh, yesterday with my dad. It's awful, man. It's it's really it's really there is zero chemistry there. They are not in the same room, number one, which I know we kind of talked about. They also yeah. just I don't get it. They were just having a like a casual all on the side conversation. They weren't doing commentary. So it, it was better suited for like a podcast or like a post race show, not a broadcast. Yeah, you know, the, the room thing, like I, I know we talked about it doesn't bother me because the, the Manning cast is not in the same room. But Peyton Manning has you know, he's so good on TV and like kind of just riffing with it. It works, but like Ricardo and Will Arnett, like Ricardo by himself, super funny. Will Arnett on TV or, you know, whatever movies, whatever, As super Joe. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, but together they just, it's just, there's no energy. Like, it's just, it's like, yeah, bro. Look, I'm eating poutine right now. I love me poutine. Oh, I love me poutine too. Let me eat poutine on camera. Like that just doesn't work. Which actually did happen, by the way, in the in the part I rewatched. That I did not see. Yeah. That is, yeah, it's it's almost as if they were trying to be funny instead of just being natural. Right, and you just kind of like Peyton Manning or like yeah, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, whoever you know, whoever leads it does not. They they don't force funny. Like sometimes they're just like, oh, he should have thrown the ball there instead of running the ball. Like they actually just they don't force anything, and I think that's probably why it works. Okay, what's next? So Ted Kravitz at some point during the broadcast basically said that Alex Albon could be back on his way to Red Bull. Um, Who knows if this is true or not, but basically Alex has links to the, and I don't know how to say this name properly, so I apologize, but the Udvidia family, it's the, the Thai family who was the like co-founder of Red Bull with Dietrich Mateschitz. Um, they're the 51% co-owners. And so obviously it's important to have a tie driver for them. Uh, Alex is not in the Red Bull camp anymore, but finishing seventh in a Williams. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's lost on anyone is what Ted Kravitz is saying, especially George, Christian Horner. Is that. I, I honestly, I lost my question there. Okay. You know, that's. Listen, we're recording much later at night than than we typically do because of scheduling. So I'm I'm 
it's it's late and it's almost past my bedtime so you know i'm i'm struggling for for sentences but i kind of want to tell people what time it is because i don't think it's shut up that late yeah shut up (laughs) yeah it's it's really not that late i'm just i can't hang like i used to we're still in the single digit of the nighttime hours like we haven't it's nine it's nine four it's nine forty five okay let's just move on all right i didn't get my nap today yeah, that's that's the biggest. That's what happens when you go to work. Yeah, I didn't even. I worked at home today too. I had. Oh, college. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I told you that before we were recorded. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't notice that. I'm at <laughs> the beach. Listen and I'm to, all out of sorts. You didn't listen to me. I don't have anything else to add to the Alex Albon thing. Okay. Well then, uh, apparently Mick Schumacher is set to replace someone at the Austrian Grand Prix in a return to the grid. I don't know where this news came from. I don't know who he's supposed to be replacing. I guess it would be Logan Sargent or Nick DeVries, if I had to guess. But that's being reported by multiple news outlets. And I mean, let's say not the most reliable of news outlets, but I am seeing it from some trustworthy sources that I have that are a bit more embedded in the paddock. I don't know if this is going to happen or not. We're just going to throw it out there because... I've seen it now in more than one place suggested that it's going to happen. So there must be somebody saying it or hinting at it. Is that a good move? Like if he replaces either of those guys, Nick DeVries or Logan Sargent? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Mm, no. I don't know. My, okay, maybe DeVries. Listen, I, don't, I think DeVries is super overhyped at this point. Sergeant, I think, you know, is still... Like, it's hard to call DeVries a rookie because he's been in and out of F1 test roles for like eight years at this point. Yeah. You know, Sargent is a legitimate F1 rookie. He's very right. talented. I think if he's in the sport long enough, he'll, you know, 
he might pick up a, a couple wins at, at least if he's oh you know, on a, on a decent team. I think he's you know super talented kid. But so Debris, yeah, sure, Sergeant, no, I'm I would be very hesitant to replace him. I'm with you on that. I and this is nothing to do with an American bias either. I just really think that Nick DeVries was overhyped and I need to look. I mean, yes, he won Formula E, but his equipment was far superior to the rest. Uh he's made a lot of mistakes in F1. Also, did you I think we talked about this. Never mind. I'm not going to bring that up again. Um <laughs> Let's see. Who did he win F2 against? How competitive was that field? Is what I really want to know. Because he won it what? in 2019. And he was racing against people like Latifi, who finished second. Luca Giotto, who finished third. Sergio Sede Camera, who's also in Formula E. Jack Aitken was in fit. Like, I don't think any of those guys, I mean, you have to go further down the list to um, people like in sixth place or seventh place, Joe Guan Yu is there. Eighth place yeah. is Louis Delatraz, Jordan King's in there, Antoine Hubert, Callum Eilat, Mick Schumacher, like guys that were coming up that were eventually going to be competitive. But no, I think, I mean, he obliterated Nicholas Latifi, but that doesn't say that much to me. So I think he's just overrated. Like, unfortunately... Most people have said that Mick Schumacher is. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Okay, so a couple more things. Um, Peter Windsor, who likes to say controversial things, and I think we've brought him up before. He had a long-time connection with Williams, and he uh, he was a, a team manager at Williams, I believe. And he's considered to be an F1 journalist, but I think he just kind of likes to... Talk about rumors. Like, he's an interesting guy, for sure, and he has credibility, but I don't know if he'd be my go-to source for news. Um, But he believes, this is his opinion, he's not even reporting news, so this is fine, (laughs) that uh, Nico Hulkenberg would be the best driver to replace Sergio Perez at Red Bull. That was what he said. I don't. I have. I have no comment. I don't want to hear anything. This is such utter garbage. Did I send this to you? I think I sent it to you. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I regret sending it to you because this that would be so dumb. If that happens, I am boycotting the next six F1 races. So after, you're, after that happens. Your hatred of Nico is still that strong. I think he's compl- completely overrated. Where does he compare to Stoffel on your list of drivers you dislike? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. I don't think he's quite as high as Stoffel, Stoffel Van Dorn in terms of like drivers I just have no interest in hearing about again. But you know, it's it's definitely up there. There's only listen, we all know who my number one driver who I I am completely disinterested in, but I will not say that name on air. I'm thinking about who it is. I think I am pretty sure who it is, but yeah. Anyway, I, I don't understand why you would do that, put Hulkenberg in it, but hey, I, I don't think you'd be better than Perez. Correct. Not at all. So put Albon in there, put yes, put Albon in there, put 
I mean, I would rather see Yuki in there than agreed. I think Yuki would do better than Nico would do at this point. Yuki, how old is yeah. Nico Hulkenberg? Actually, like no, six, we, we already described. <laughs> That's funny you say that because we've already, <laughs> um, I think, noted on this podcast that he was born in the same year that you were. Pretty sure. Yeah. Are you looking him up? Is he? No, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, okay. So he's actually like, I'm looking at the Watkins Glen weather. He's actually like two months younger than you. Um, so I don't understand why you'd put someone that is older, I'm saying, than Sergio Perez in that car. But I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, he's a Lamar winner, but that's that's all he's really got to. He's had a, he's had his chance in F1. We've talked about this already. We don't need to rehash this. Yeah. Yeah. Next topic. Are we on the IndyCar yet? Um, there's like one or two more things. It's very, very, uh, no, one, one more thing. And then we moved to IndyCar. So okay. I sent you this thing about um, George Russell, but I just needed to bring this up on the air because, yeah, wow. I don't, I've never watched these things, whatever Sky Sports does in like their pre-race show, like their yeah, little skits or whatnot. I, I've never watched them. Um, I guess we don't even get Sky Sports. So maybe you can watch them on F1 TV if you tune in before the race, but I don't even know. Um, he said, he, they put him on a lie detector machine, like a polygraph for some reason. Yeah. That was like their little gimmick that they did. And so he was asked, do you love being famous? He said, no. The machine determined that that was a bold-faced lie. <laughs> he admitted to having used the phrase, do you know who I am, as well as using his F1 fame to get free stuff. But the last thing that I think is most important, he said, in terms of Lewis Hamilton, Russell truly believed that Hamilton was the best driver of all time, but he believes that he is currently faster than his Mercedes colleague, and he believes that the world title is in his future. He is basically oh. saying that he's better than Lewis Hamilton. And... Also, the part about him not wanting to be famous and lying about that. Oh, my God. I'm so done with George's personality at this point. He's, like, been unlocked into this mega douche now that he has a good good ride. Like, it just seems like <laughs> the ego went straight to his head. I loved him at Williams, and I don't know what's going on now. Yeah, I dislike him more than Hulkenberg and Stoffel Van Dorn at this point. And he's still not driver number one, though. If you guess, if you can guess driver number one on my most disliked driver list, you will win a podcast sticker because I found them in my bag and they are sitting on my oh, desk. Oh, we need to bring some people those. Yeah, I'll I'll put it in weekend. my I'll put it in my bag, or you can remind me when you are at my. Oh, yeah. I'm driving to your house. That's right. My house on Friday. Yeah. Which, by the oh. way, I told I told my dog. I said, "Oh, Uncle Frenchie is coming this weekend," and his ears perked up. He's very excited. Oh, good, because that is like extreme excitement from Daniel. That's as much yeah. energy as he tends to show. Yeah, we are not very, this is not a very energetic household when it comes to uh, people with four creatures with four legs. That was a weird way of saying that. <laughs> I was trying to think of the most uncomfortable way to say that. I want everybody right now in their like morning commute to be like, that hurt. But where was, what was, what were we talking about? George, and then that was the last oh, F1 yeah. thing. So yeah, it's just, yeah. he, I don't know what's gotten over him, but he better come back down to earth soon because I'm not trying to be mean or 
um, denigrate him, but for him to even claim that he's on the same level as Lewis without having the results is bogus at best. Yeah, yeah. And before we get to IndyCar, and I don't know when the ad is playing in the episode, but your factor ad for the the meal kit thing, I just finished my free box of of 10 meals. It's really good. It's perfect for lunch when I, on days when I go into the office and it's relatively healthy for for you. So if you guys are considering it, please do it and use the promo code so they know we sent you. I think there's a promo code. Yeah, it's like 50% off your first box. It's like not just a lame yeah. promo where they give you 10% off or like free shipping. Yeah. Like this so is, go, seems pretty good. Go sign up for one. Almost everything I've had is really good. So that is my personal plea before we get to IndyCar. Okay, IndyCar, Road America, before we get to predictions, the track was repaved. I can't believe we forgot to mention that last week because you know we all watched the live stream of the paving being done when co-host Malukas was on at one point over the winter. Oh, right. So, yeah. What were our predictions? Okay, our predictions. I mean, I'm also pulling up the results from the IndyCar race as we speak because I don't have two monitors right now. So, And I'm sorry (laughs) if I sound different because I have a little mini travel microphone that hopefully sounds good. Why is it all? Because it's little. Just the way you said, like, I have a little mini microphone. Oh, okay. I wasn't trying to make it sound cute, but. um, <laughs> All right. To struggle this weekend. I said Stingray Rob. Yep. I'm pretty That's sure. Fruit. Yeah, I don't even have to look at what the results are. And I'm not trying to be offensive, but I know he struggled this weekend because I don't remember where he finished, but he was off track a couple of times. Um, You said Joseph was going to struggle, which yep, I think you I just miss... wanted to say a hot take. Yep. Sometimes, like people are like, oh, you you were way wrong there. I just want to take hot takes for fun. Like, I'm oh, not... people people actually attack you for these. It's happened before. Wow. All right. Um, Joseph finished. Where was it? Oh, second. That's right. Yep. I just I had to pretend that I was looking where he finished. Um, let's see. We also had a prediction on over under about Ryan Hunter Ray and his return to IndyCar racing full-time at least, like non-8500 racing. Um, I said he was going to finish over 17th. You said under. He finished 17th. So <laughs> who who wins that? I thought, I, I think I said, I, I think I took over because I said he was going to finish like a lap down. And Oh, so did I take under then? Yeah, I think you did. You said he was going to finish like 13th, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that sounds that is right. So I got it backwards yeah. here. So, I mean, either way, we, we've still tied. Uh, I have little F, FH next to like what I label the responses for Frenchie and hosts, and I wasn't sure which one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I don't even know what the last question was because I didn't write it down. It just says, Frenchie says no, and host says yes. This is what I've written <laughs> at the bottom of the page. I don't even know. Okay, no host says yes. Do you see that at the bottom? Yeah, I do. What was our question? Oh, it was uh Oh, it was the dominant win. Dominant win, yeah. Which I mean Polo did win handily. I don't think it was by, you know, ten plus seconds or anything. We but... pulled the race report. I don't know the exact win margin he had. It was a good race, but we talked about this. I think that 
close being too dominant too. Okay, he finished. What the hell? It was only five seconds ahead. Yeah, a little it's under five seconds longer than that. Yeah, so I mean, he that I wouldn't say that's dominant, but he's just been dominant in the last few races. Yeah, he is on an absolute heater right now, and I think, oh. yeah, you, you know, like Newgarden said, Newgarden's like, listen, it's not, you know, insurmountable at this point. Like, yeah, sure, but if you aren't Alex Pillow, you need, you know, and this isn't just Newgarden; it's you know, essentially anybody in the top five right now. You need to rattle off a streak of three or four wins in five races and need Pillow to DNF at least one or two of them. Like you need to go on a real heater to catch up. I, yeah, I agree. It's going to be cool to watch people try to catch up. I, I like when, I mean, I like when it's a close battle, but I also like when we watch somebody have to crawl back or claw back. Cause I, someone will. And I think it's going to be somebody like a Pato or a Joseph that's just going to claw back and make it a battle at the end of the season. Because I don't think IndyCar, I just really don't see it not being a close championship battle. It just, I can't predict, I can't picture that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I, I hope somebody pulls off at least a couple wins. So like there's some sort of like, you know, will he or won't he, you know, debate we can have, but also, I mean, Polo deserves it and, and whatnot. And maybe next week we can talk about some silly season stuff. Or maybe after mid-Ohio. I know there's stuff coming out in the news, but it's still pretty early on. So somebody asked me if we were going to talk about it. And we'll we'll let things pile up. So this is the one piece of IndyCar news that I have. And it's like I said, it's kind of related to F1. But it's relevant here in that uh, apparently after the victory at road america stefan wilson said stefan wilson i don't know why i called him stefan <laughs> <laughs> why did i do that i i wasn't i wasn't gonna correct you because I, I felt i felt no the second i said it i was like that was wrong why did i just do that i i hope you get made fun of on in the group chat for a long time about that one i will but i corrected myself so i feel better about it okay anyway Stefan Wilson. I tried to make him sound fancier than he is. Stefan. Stefan. <laughs> he he sounds like a 1970s black jazz, like uh, you know, a black jazz trumpet player in like a jazz club. Uh, yeah, actually, Stefan Wilson does sound like somebody who would have been yeah. making like free jazz records in the 70s. That's pretty good. Um. All right. Yeah. So he tweeted. What Alex Pillow has been doing at the moment is impressive. He's in the top five drivers in the world right now. There's no doubt about it, possibly in the top three. And then he said, it would be very interesting to trade him for Red Bull's second and see what he is capable of in F1, a.k.a. buy Sergio Perez, hello Alex Pillow in the Red Bull, and see what happens is what Stefan is suggesting, which I don't see it happening. That's not who Red Bull would probably go for, like pick yeah. up right now. That's not their first would, choice, but it'd be cool. He's the, it's the he's the best potential driver for that seat right now. He is the best. Not person. saying he's a potential driver, but you know what I mean. Uh, I I would agree that he's probably 
he has to be someone you're looking at. He's young. He's talented. He's smart. He's driven. He's Spanish. He's Spanish. He's so multilingual he's, as well. Like yeah. he speaks English and Spanish perfectly. He's level-headed. He's so marketable. He, yeah, marketable. If if I'm Red Bull and you know Pelos Camp is you know who's talking to you know numerous F1 teams at this point, other than McLaren, I'm going. Hmm. You know this guy's pretty good. He's you know eight hundred and forty thousand times better than Nico Duschenberg, and you know it's great. <laughs> I think that if you want someone consistent, like that is Alex Pelot. There is no one that is kind of they call what do they call him on the broadcast like the surgeon or something stupid like that that Townsend coined I forget what Surg- it was surgical or yeah yeah the yeah sur- yeah yeah I mean because he can't be the professor because Alan Prost took that but he's an Alan Correct. Prost style driver he's that yep. calculated yep. and calm and just he sees what's gonna happen ahead. I don't know. He and he's super consistent, and he's never somebody who like needs to prove that he can be the fastest one. He just shows up in the race most of the time. Like he, I mean, he always qualifies well, but even if he doesn't qualify well, he can he'll be up at the front by mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. a few laps into the race. So I think that would be a perfect driver to have as a second driver. But honestly. That I think he might threaten Max slightly. Like he's he's way more competitive, I would think, than Sergio. Than Sergio, yeah. and uh, that might get dangerous. Before we get too far into this, here we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Will Power. Oh, good point. Who had a practice incident with Scott Dixon? I get why he was mad. I also get that Scott Dixon didn't intentionally drive like a rookie there like oh hell no he swerved way over there was no way that was on purpose so it was just kind of like until the race scott dixon had a super rough weekend obviously in the race he went from 23rd to 4th like typical scott dixon so you know we can he made it look easy and boring we can stop with the scott dixon is washed talk because it's never going to happen i only saw one person who said that right right yeah that one i think it was also suggested that um Scott Dixon is a dirty driver by the same individual. I missed that one. Oh, I think I, I thought I screenshotted it, but yeah, I can go find that. Okay. Anyway, so then obviously he also had a, a little bit of an issue in practice with Grosjean where he, I think Grosjean might've held him up a little bit. And in the race, where did Will Power finish in the race? He finished 13th. 13th. You know, had had some run-ins during the race. Obviously, why am I draw? Why am I drawing a blank on what happened to him in the race? Um, because I am too. I don't actually okay. remember what happened to him during the race. I just so mostly had, remember what happened to Roma. <laughs> so, you know, he he talked about after after practice about or after qualifying. He has the fast slap though. Oh, this this is why his race. We're not. I'm not talking about the race. His the interview was after was was his interview after qualifying. It's after some practices, I thought, because no, no, the final, not the the interview where he exploded on everybody was after qualifying. Oh yeah, okay. 
So, you know, he, he said, you know, he's frustrated with, with how that went and, you know, definitely ruined his weekend. And, you know, that guy, Roman Grosjean deserves a punch in the face and all this stuff. So Mr. Mr. Who has become level-headed over the last couple of years en route to his second championship last year, you know, we saw the return of the double birds. You know, he wants somebody to punch Grosjean in the face. I think he wants to be the one to do it. Oh yeah. I'm not advocating for violence here, (laughs) but like, spicy willpower is really fun yeah like every once in a while like it's a little whiny and annoying but like this weekend was you know he called road america a shitty track because when you go off circuit you're you're gonna break your back and you know then road america yeah i mean i i know but it's it it does it did launch the cars a bit much this this weekend for sure but do you so my my main point other than celebrating how fun willpower was this weekend do you have any because this is the the other this is the great facebook debate i almost took part in but instead just watch was willpower is a jerk and rude and disrespectful and out of line and like i don't think he said anything like he wasn't like roman grosjean needs to lose his foot you know he was just like he deserves to get punched in the face a lot of people do wait so what's your probably me included was he out of line? No, not okay. at all. Also, number like let me just and I don't mean to generalize at all, but whoever was arguing about that on Facebook, do they forget that this guy is Australian? Like they have a different standard for what they say being insulting than most places in the world from every Australian person I've ever met. Offensive to them is a much higher threshold <laughs> than yeah. a lot of other yeah. countries. So you have to take that into account. But no, I don't think he was out of line at all. He didn't do anything. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. I will I will text you who said it because this person is rather annoying. So do we have we don't all right, we have one piece of IndyCar news. No, I already talked about the IndyCar okay. news. It was this yeah. um, Stephen yeah, Wilson yeah. thing. Stefan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his like just singular name. Stephane. If we ever want to call him like just a shorter name, it's Stefan. <laughs> Every time I see him now, I'm going to laugh. It's going to be so bad because it's <laughs> not right, but <laughs> Stefan. Okay, well, Watkins Glen is this weekend. It's going to be rainy, potentially rainy, like all weekend. Last I looked, there's at least like 85% humidity Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I've never been. Yeah, I know it's going to be rough. I've never been to Watkins Glen, so Me it's neither. kind of like a bucket list track. I'm excited. Definitely want to talk to a couple of drivers about, you know, from a driver's perspective, what they see this weekend. It's the six-hour race for IMSA on Sunday. Salem's at, six hours of the Glen. It starts at 10.40 a.m. 10.40 a.m. Yep. I don't even know why I didn't think you would know. I'm sure it's probably on Peacock. It's I think the last two hours is on NBC, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. I have not so, looked it up because we're not going to be watching on TV, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. Look for stuff from the track this weekend. We at least have a couple interviews already scheduled or in, in the works of being scheduled. And yeah, I don't know. Oh, Formula know. E in Portland this weekend. I Formula forgot e that was Portland. happening. Yep. Definitely. On not the same track as IndyCar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not going to watch. I might watch like a replay just to see how they race compared to IndyCar there. Actually, no, I won't because I'll be too tired and don't care. Yeah, we'll be busy. Yeah. And by the end, like even like next week, I'll just be tired and working and like I don't care. I'll record it 
I mean, it's automatically recording on my DVR yeah. and YouTube TV. So yeah. if there's a point in the weekend where we're just sitting there, I may pull it up. It's not a bad idea at the Airbnb. But yeah, well, we'll wrap it there. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you're potentially at Watkins Glen, come say hi. Or if you want to know something about the race or the track or like a question to ask a driver about the track, please let us know. And we'll be back next week to recap it all. And goodbye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 